Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist. Here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach, and trainer, Michael Lafito. Welcome back, everybody. It's Michael Lafito, host of the Luxury Listing Specialist podcast. Uh, before I introduce this week's guest, I'm really excited uh, to introduce her in a minute. But before I do that, I just want to remind you, you are in the right place if you're looking to increase your average sale price by adding high-end and luxury properties. My goal for the listeners is, is to do just that. You know, one year from today, after listening to these podcasts and more importantly, implementing the ideas from our, our guest, my goal for you is to add more high-end and luxury properties and to increase your average sale price by 30% over the next year. I want you to work smarter and not harder. With that being said, the podcast, we interview top agents and industry experts that provide great services for those agents as well. So whether you're a beginner or you're a seasoned veteran that specializes in luxury, guaranteed you'll get a couple nuggets from each of these episodes. You can find the previous episodes on iTunes or Stitcher, or you can simply go to LuxuryListingPodcast.com. As I mentioned, my name is Michael Lafito. I have just been on the road for, I swear, like eight weeks in a row, going to various conferences, doing trainings, and I'm really recharged. I'm really excited as 2018 is approaching. 2018 is going to be an amazing year. We're already seeing some momentum specifically in the luxury space. So with that being said, sit back, relax, and I'm excited to introduce Jerry Metcalf. Jerry Metcalf is a top agent with Atlanta Fine Properties. In, it's a Sotheby's office. She's with Sotheby's and uh, out of Atlanta. And Jerry is not just an agent, but she wears a couple different hats, and that's why I had her on our show. Is Besides being a top agent, she also runs a podcast herself, the Jerry Metcalf podcast. You can find it on iTunes, and I'll let her talk a little bit about that in a minute. But she interviews top industry experts. She actually had me on her show, imagine that. And, uh, and she had others as well. And she's been doing it for a little over a year now. And um, I know I've listened to some of her podcasts, and she does an amazing job, very professional, a lot of energy. And she also is on a lot of different panels and, and gets asked to speak and contribute. So we're really excited. Without further ado, Jerry, thank you for your time blocking off you know, a good half hour to bring value to our listeners. Hey, Michael. Thank you. It's great to be here. Um, and I think, did you want me to tell you a little bit about my business or where did you yeah, want to start? Absolutely. Go, go ahead. Right. Um, t- tell, tell the audience a little bit about, I think you mentioned just over 14 years have been in the industry <clears> and <throat> You know, you carry 10 to 12 plus listings at any given time with the average about a million dollars. But yes, please share a little background. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, thank you for doing this. This is a great opportunity. I love to meet other agents like you that like to give back and have such a passion for the business. And of course, you and I immediately bonded on that and just really honored to be on the show. Um, A little bit about myself. So I've got a team, as you know. Right now, it's me and Robert Barstow, 
who is another really, really top producing agent. Um, this year, Atlanta is a little bit of a different market. We, the numbers here don't get into $100 million for one agent the way they do in waste markets. Our average sales price is 240000 So that being said, I'm doing about $20 million this year. Usually I do 25 but picking up podcasts and other things, I've kind of let myself slow down and let Robert take over some stuff. But Robert is real superstar. In his third year in real estate, he's exceeding $15 million a year. Um, oh I, I think between the two of us, those numbers are probably a conservative um, because I think we'll we'll hit over thirty five million this year. But um, and that's between the two of us. In the meantime, we've taken on two incredibly talented new team members um, this year. One of them's joining us actually in two thousand eighteen. The other one has joined us this year. She has already brought to the team a um, fourteen home subdivision of homes that are going to be selling for one point four million, which is quite a nice house in Atlanta. Um, it's actually oh, going to be in Milton of Atlanta, and okay. just real talented people working with me. So exciting! That, that exciting. kind of covers that. And then, of course, there's a podcast. But no, go ahead. That's a huge opportunity. Fourteen house subdivision with the average sale price of one four. Um, that's going to open mm-hmm. some doors for for your team. Exactly, exactly. So it's a real honor, I think, and I think we're going to probably tap into this today, but. Just in, in, you know, discovering your best, the way to be your best version of yourself attracts other really talented people into your world that just brings us all more opportunities. And that kind of goes into the podcast um, that you talked about, Jerry Metcalf podcast. That is a podcast that is similar to yours in that we are talking to agents um, who are top agents in their markets and a few new agents that have, that have made it into the business relatively quickly and just really getting like, okay, how did you do it? I think everybody reaches a level of success in a different way, and I think there's an assumption in our business that everybody's got to do it the same way, and I just I don't, I don't think that's true, and I think that's why a lot of people fail so quickly and get out of this business so quickly. Yeah, you're, you're, I, I, that's my philosophy is when everybody's going left, you go right. I mean, if you want to see from your exactly. competition, you know, you can't blend in. And uh, obviously you've got to be ethical, but, but don't, you know, don't do the same thing because you're going to get the same results. And we know Albert Einstein defines that as insanity. So, uh, so no, that, so 240 is about the average sale price. So, again, for the listeners, if you remember, I personally define with our certification, the Luxury Listing Specialist Certification, we define luxury as three times whatever the average sale price is. So, for example, Jerry, Atlanta is 240 You know, technically it would be 720 but called 750 and above is what I would define mm-hmm. as luxury um, in that Atlanta market. So th- that's awesome. So tell me a, a little bit about the podcast. I know you've had me on, but what's your philosophy on yes, the podcast? Yes, thank you. And, um, yeah, and, and you, I wish I could point. give everybody the date that you're going to release, but this podcast is probably going to be out before – you release anyway, but um, yeah, the podcast, you know, I just, I can't even remember why I decided to do it. I just truly felt a calling to do it because I have such a passion. I love this business because I love other real estate agents. I love the passion that we all have, all the different personalities, and I really love to help other people in the business or breaking into the business either or, um, you know, make, to help others make when you put it out there, it just comes back tenfold, which isn't necessarily the motivation, but it's something I've learned from doing it. Um, but it's a podcast interviewing, you know, top, top agents in their markets that just talks about 
you know, what was your biggest mistake? How did you make it? What's your biggest advice? Um, what book do you recommend we read? Things like that. And we release it every week. It comes on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and it's also on my um, business Facebook page, which is, you know, it's embarrassing. I don't know how to get to my business Facebook page, but it's on Facebook. If you just go to Jerry Metcalf Team it, and like it, you'll get a notice every Thursday at 1030 um, when we come on live there, and you can watch us there. Or you can, of course, just go to iTunes.JerryMetcalf.com on your phone, and it will immediately download to your phone. I think we've got about 45 right now um, and going. So That's awesome. Well, good. Well, let's get right into some meat and potatoes, if you will, uh, those it. listeners that are out there. Um, by the way, I just keep coming with, you know, if you have success stories out there, please share them, guys. Um, it's, it's what keeps me excited and motivated, you know, to keep bringing amazing content in these podcasts. Uh, Jerry, I had a gentleman out of Michigan who said he's listened to every one of our podcasts, and, you know, he's taken on two million, you know, two properties, two listings above a million dollars, and he never had before he started listening. So it's that sort of thing that, you know, it, it, it gets me excited, and I'm sure with your own podcast. So if you guys have success stories, please share them with us. So let's kind of dive right in a little bit on you know, what are you seeing in that Atlanta market? You know, you know, here we are ending 2017. You know, how, how would you say this year compares to the previous year and talking specifically about, you know, your 750 and above uh, homes. Are homes selling mm-hmm. quicker, longer? Uh, what, what's the list to sale ratio? You don't need to know all the data, but would you mm-hmm. say overall it, it, it's, it's, it's colder or is it warmer or is it heating up? Uh, what's your take on so, the Atlanta luxury market? So overall it is definitely picking up. It's interesting. I think we all know it's true. The market really depends on your listing and where you price it and position it as to what the market's going to feel like to you. And as a seller, you set your market. There's always a buyer's market and there's always a seller's market. Um, but on that, the market in general it is still a seller's market. When you break into, you know, it really because even at seven fifty, that's gonna be a luxury home in certain parts of Atlanta and certain parts it's not. If you break in if you're looking at Buckhead and Brookhaven, it can be a little bit different. Buckhead, the average sales price is gonna be a million and Brookhaven the average sales price, those are the most expensive markets in Atlanta. You're looking at five hundred. I bring that up to say that when you look at the when you look at the numbers, prices overall are going up. Average list of sale price is about ninety five percent right now, whereas it used to be in the recession, it was 80%. But if you were a listing that repriced, it was going to end up being 70 if you were overpriced by the time you were done. Um, but right now, what's really going on that's an indicator of how strong the market is is the things that we're not seeing in MLS. A great example is that there are, just with one, our best-known architect here, Harrison Design, they are building three homes for over $10 million in this market. The highest sales price in Atlanta is usually around six three six four. This year, there and usually those numbers are two homes a year. This year, there have been five homes in MLS alone that have sold for over six million. One of those homes being Tyler Perry's home that sold for oh gosh, what was the price? Twelve and a half million. No, it wasn't twelve and a half. It was actually seventeen and a half million. And then there was another house that sold in the suburbs to an athlete for eight point eight million. So I just give you all of those numbers to tell you that the market is incredibly hot. And then we've got Emerson, which is a high-rise luxury community here, 
where, you know, high-rises in Atlanta, even the luxury high-rises typically sell for maybe a little over 500 a square foot. Emerson is selling um, for about 1,200 a square foot and has already pre-sold, I think, 40% of their units. That could be off on that number, but it's, it's, it's incredible. Atlanta's not really considered a true luxury market in the big picture of the world or even our country. Maybe San Francisco, or San Francisco is, New York City is, Miami is. But Atlanta is starting to finally really go into and experience those kinds of sales that the rest of our country, um, that our rest of our country sees. So the trend for Atlanta is incredibly positive. Oh, that's awesome. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, it, and that's one important thing that I want the audience members to understand is you need to know your numbers in your local marketplace. So, you know, that information, the $6 million plus, I mean, that's, that's really important. You know, I'm, you know, same thing. Well, and it's relevant, yeah. And it's relevant. I think when you, when you go to those extremes, it's relevant to all of our clients, not all of our clients. I don't know anyone who every client to have is a $6 million listing. They can't survive that way. But when you understand that the, what leads the market is those kinds of sales, and when you understand that you've got that kind of activity going on, that's what's, that's what's bringing the rest of us to that next level, which is really mm-hmm. impactful. Right. No, it really is. And, and it's important to understand, too, because if you are talking to a seller, and it might be a seller in the 800000 900000 range, that's one conversation. But if you're talking to a seller that's got a mm-hmm. you know, multi-million dollar property, it's, it's our job to manage their expectations from day one. I feel like Absolutely. there's way too many agents that you know, under-promise, excuse me, over-promise and under-deliver because they promise them the world, but they don't manage the expectations from day one. So in other words, that seller thinks overall it is a, a seller's market, but perhaps in his price point, it's a buyer's market. So you have to manage your expectations exactly. from day one. Well I, well, I understand what they see in the paper. Like in Atlanta, what we're reading in the paper is relevant to the $250,000 sellers and buyers, not to, you know, the million, two million. I, I deal mostly in 500000 to $2.5 because that's frankly what sells. And that's mm-hmm. what makes me money. And I do, I do pick up listings that are 6 and $7 million, But in that market, that's what I need to understand. That's my bread and butter. And in going in that, even those sellers need to understand when they read the paper, they're reading about 200, you know, we've got an average sales price overall of 250000 You're not reading about your property. You're reading about the market in general, which is great. But right. it's also important to understand that the market overall, it helps your market. You've got to understand even, you know, historic Brookhaven is the name of the neighborhood in our city that I represent a lot of homes in with an average sales price of a million, but there's several homes now selling for over three. But I understand why the ones that sold over three sold for over three when just a year and a half ago, they, they only sold, the same house was only selling for the low twos. But I can speak to that and explain to you at the same time why in that same neighborhood, which you guys don't need to hear, but it's the point that you need to understand because these things don't make sense unless you know your market. For example, homes are not selling in the high ones very well in that neighborhood because of the different options in the rest of our market. But understanding how to speak to that to your client so they can yeah. understand how to set expectations and how to set the proper, proper strategy to get their home sold with you. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that is huge. So very good. That's a good reminder on on a few things. One, uh, it sounds like it's, it's definitely picked up in the Atlanta market, which is great to hear. And two, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to really own those numbers. So that, that, that's, a, that's another great reminder. So thank you. 
Hey there, it's Michael Lafito. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. If you are interested in signing up for our luxury listing specialist certification, or if you want additional information on how you can dominate selling higher end homes in your marketplace, make sure you go to luxurylistingspecialist.com. What are you seeing, you know, trends, you know, as far as marketing is concerned, whether it be you personally or other agents? Um, Yeah, being on, as far as trends go, I mean, I don't even know if I recognize trends anymore because I've been doing this too long. But I think that, um, you know, there's obviously, I I feel like video has been a trend for a long time, but I, I started doing video, I mean, dare I say, was it eight years ago, I think I started doing videos. But I think everybody's doing videos now, drones. Matterport is definitely a trend um, that is picking up. I think it's something to be aware of. But it's back to what you said. It's being aware of what everybody's doing and some stuff you need to do so that you're comparable. But then it's like, what is the next thing I'm going to do that nobody else is doing? Social media is a great example. I think social media is a is a trend that not enough well, may not enough is a strange word because not many agents are using the way they could. Um, uh-huh. but that's okay with me because I'm able to use it and stand out over my competition because I'm using it in ways that other people are not using it. I'm keeping listings fresh with it. I'm repositioning with it. I'm targeting, target marketing with it. I can select exactly what kind of prospect I want to be in front of or who I want to be in front of and get in front of them. And a lot of agents aren't doing that. And I think that is a very powerful trend that if you're listening to this podcast, that's something I would get myself familiar with. Yeah. No, thank you for that. Uh, great, 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 great advice. And I, I would agree with you. Um, you know, video's not going away. It's a new gold standard for marketing luxury like homes. not having and, photographs if you don't have video. Yeah. Yeah, fo- yeah, photos. Don't even get me started there. I was recently doing a training in West Palm Beach, Florida, and I had some top luxury agents um, submit what I call stale listings, properties that weren't selling, not only selling, they weren't getting much activity. Perhaps the owners were on the listing agents about doing something different. So these six mm-hmm. agents submitted what they call stale list, what we call stale listings, and I gave it an audit. I, I've developed what I call 21 profit activators that will increase the probability of the property selling faster for more money. And so I went through these. And um, I I was shocked, to put it mildly, with uh, some of the things that uh, I saw. So, guys, you are a representation of not just your company, but you represent the seller as well. So take the extra time to do the things your competition isn't doing. Too many agents have a scarcity mindset, and they want to list the home immediately where you only have one time to make a first impression. So uh, I have one property that I'm selling. It took us five months to get to market, Jerry, because we had to do the little things because the house had been stale, had been on the market with three other agents. And so that would be my advice to the listeners is take your time. Here we are, winter, slower time. I know you want to put it on immediately, January, February, March, but if the home isn't ready, I'd rather you wait till April or May to make that first impression than to put it on and then keep lowering the price, lowering the price because mm-hmm. you went to market too fast. Exactly. And I think that's the higher the price point, the more important that is to remember because at some point, when you talk about true luxury, it's not a matter you – know, everybody says, oh, it's price, it's price, it's price. I don't disagree with that, but it also we have to keep in mind that 
a lot of these people, when you get to a certain product, it, it, it's about them seeing it in the right light and the right package and the right presentation and about them, about them getting the buyer, getting the property in front of that buyer that this is the one for them and they're going to write the check they have to write to, to pay for the house. I mean, they're going to write the check they have to write to get what they want. For example, uh-huh. you know, for us, it might be something smaller like a pair of shoes. I want Jimmy Choo's, not whatever brand. And to get my Jimmy Choo's, rationally, I cannot justify paying $1,000 for Jimmy Choo. But emotionally, I can because that's what I want. That's the design. That's the feel. That's the cut. I can't get anywhere else. I'm going to cut the check for it. And I think sometimes we forget to market our high-end properties in the same way, especially the more expensive and the more unique these properties get, the more we really need to market in that, not market them that way, treat them that way, and respect that. That does not mean we don't consider price, but we certainly ought to consider more than just price. Yep. No, I would totally agree. And for some of those listeners out there, Jerry, they might not have the marketing budget because they're just starting out, and that's okay. And so some of the things you can always mm-hmm. do is you can also enlist, you know, the seller to help, you know, offset some costs. So if you're going to do some kind of event at the property, or perhaps you think maybe they're overpriced and you're a little concerned about investing because they're overpriced, but you wanted this listing so badly, you know, you Mm -hmm. might encourage them to partake and offset some of the costs and tell them you'll reimburse them at closing. And, you know, that's a word of advice for some of those that are just starting out. Now you've got to build your confidence. You have to role play a little bit. Yeah, I'll tell you what I've done for that is um, I've had listings that were very, you know, expensive to entertain and have these events. But what I've done is to get the right buyers in the house, I have partnered with Diamond Brokers, um, Bentley, Atlanta, um, Jet Brokers, and they have, they have, they, they need a venue to have an event or they would love to have a beautiful venue to entertain their clients. So I provide, you know, a multi-million dollar listing and they provide valet, they provide food, they provide the amenities because I'm providing the property and they actually also provide their, their list of clients because they want their client. Now, some people don't want to provide that. I'm not going to leverage anyone's information other than how I'm asked to, but it gets my name in front of those clients and gets the clients in the door that actually can afford these really gorgeous listings and appreciate, and it gives them an experience. Um, Stacy Jones is one of the owners of the, the Sotheby's International Realty offices in Seattle, Washington, of Realogy, and she talks about, you know, with people, you've got it, you know, it's, it's with our listings, with our events, with everything we do, you know, it's, let me pause for a minute. The traditional way of marketing is, hit them, hit them, hit them over and over again until all they can see is your name. Well, I've had, you know, that, that becomes a little bit too equivalent to stalking. And if you've ever experienced a stalker, you don't have a positive connotation with it. But if you turn that around and you make a point to create an experience that puts a print in these people's memory of you and your listing and the other people that they had the opportunity to meet as a result of what you put together and created for them, they're never going to forget that, and, and it's going to be positive, and it's going to put you a level above and you're lifting the level above the same way that memory did the next time they see your name. Or, and it can also make an impact to get them to pull the trigger to purchase the property 
they may not have purchased because a lot of these buyers, they're not buyers that have to buy right now. They're buyers that are going to buy what they want to buy. And it's about creating that experience and creating that impression and marketing the property in a way they understand what it is that they have to buy it and they want to buy it now. No, I, I love it. And so let's, let's stay on this for a few minutes because, you, you know, event-based marketing, that's actually one of our modules in, in, in the Luxury Listing Specialist Certification. And creating mm-hmm. an event, not your cookie-cutter wine and cheese, not the broker owner that, or excuse me, not the, the broker open house that, you know, most traditional agents do. We're talking about a private event. You partner up with some, some key affiliates or business owners that cater to high net worth individuals individuals and mm-hmm. you leverage their list you they invest they have marketing budget as well so they're investing into the event and mm-hmm. uh, I, that's that's one thing i would recommend for anyone that's listening to this podcast is event-based marketing, and it's a way for you to differentiate. It's a way for you to bring more value to the owner directly as well as indirectly, and you increase your probability of selling the property because you never know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, and if it's a great event and it's a great experience, they're going to be your biggest advocates personally as an agent as well as the property advocates. They're going to talk about the property and talk about, you know, man, you know, Michael Lofito or Jerry Metcalf, she put an amazing event together, and they're going to be an ancillary sales force. I, I guarantee you, I've seen it happen where these people that attend, they'll go back and tell their friends that have their other million-dollar homes on the market, why hasn't your agent done an event like this? And you'll get some inquiries from people that are thinking of selling or that, that are selling to no avail. Exactly. And it's fun, and it's better than any networking event you could go to. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It's a blast. Right. And it's, and it's, re- and it's, it's quite reasonable and expensive. It takes a lot of organizing. And it's, it's actually not – I think things are what we make of them in these event planning and networking and marketing. The key is keep it simple. You've got to keep it very simple. Um, and when I've done these events, I, you know, connect with two or three other partners to hold the event. And I literally delegate responsibilities, Bentley – you're going to be in charge of this, you know, the art, or I've done the art galleries. Everybody has their responsibility, and I check in, and I actually will hire an event. I'll, I don't hire a true event coordinator. I'll hire somebody that's 25 bucks an hour, which I hope that probably sounds terribly inexpensive to some people, but someone that's organized, they could come in, can help me oversee everything, every single thing that's going on. They handle the sign-ins at the party. People come in. They sign in so that we can follow up because the most important thing about these events, and frankly, probably my biggest weakness because I kind of like to live in the moment, is really following up, thanking people for coming to the party, send, you know, having something for them to take home with them, but also sending them a thank you note or send even just an email to say, hey, thanks for coming to my event. If you know anyone, remind them of the price. Oftentimes they get to the event. They are having so much fun just seeing the beautiful home that, they may not really be learning as much about it as they should and following up and making sure they know what the price is, making sure they know what makes made the home special and making sure they remember to share it with their friends if they'd like to have another, have another private tour. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And a word of advice too, when you have these events, if you've done these lifestyle films, have them looping 
on the various TVs throughout the house. So as you're walking around, people taking tours of the home, they're seeing your work. They're seeing what makes you different. You know, one of the things that we offer people with our certification is we we offer the video books that's got a 10-inch monitor. We're handing that out. We're passing it around. We're letting people see what makes us different and unique. It's part of the experience. So those are some some great points. Um, So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. I was going to say the last question I have for you, I always like hearing the answers from various guests, but what do you personally do to refresh a luxury listing that's been on the market for a while? Well, there's two things I have to say about that. Number one, I, I I implement a marketing program so that it stays fresh. But number two, if it does get old, there's so many things you can do, events, new photos, um, new phone calls. You can reach out to other markets that are feeder markets to yours. Make sure you're marketing in those. Like Vail, I'm a great feeder market to Vail. Vail is a great feeder market to me. I work with Ty Stockton in that market, and he and I co-market properties together, especially, you know, I put listings in Atlanta in Vail with Ty. Ty already has the name recognition there. People from Atlanta are there that see my properties here, but there are people in Vail that also may decide to invest in Atlanta um, or purchase in Atlanta. So that's a great way. Just things like that keep it fresh or will make it fresh. But the biggest advice I would have is social media, is going in, not putting the front. I see so many social media pages where you just see the front of the house and you just see a basic description. Is constantly repositioning that house with different video clips, different um, and video clips are not expensive. You get one video and you can recut that video, you know, 50 times in different parts in different ways. And reposting those 15 five-second videos, reposting different pictures of the property, making sure you get drone shots, and, and reposting it from a different perspective every time so you can target to the same income and the same audience or even retargeting to new audiences. But there's so many ways to promote a listing that it shouldn't get sale. Uh, uh, great advice. I, I like your first answer, right? You prepared yourself ahead of time. But in the event that it does get stale, you know, those are some great, great words of advice. I want to circle back to one thing you talked about is, I use the term migration pattern. So is there some kind of migration p- patterns where, you know, like you talked about Vail, you know, with Atlanta and having some consistency with buyers or secondary housing or, you know, vacation rentals um, or perhaps, you know, migration patterns in, in, in the sense of do you have certain number of relocation people, buyers coming from certain areas, uh, certain businesses just moved in the area, you know, how do you target those folks? Um, and, and, and that's really not a question, but you should target those folks and you should understand, are there any kind of patterns, migration patterns coming to and from your particular area? Unfortunately, the Chicago market, we got a lot more people getting out of here than moving in, but that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a whole nother. Well, that's a great way to pick up some listings for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great way to um, get listings. Well, for me, and I, I don't want to make this answer too long, but... On that, I find that tapping, well, there's, I think I'm going to narrow this to two. Number one, I don't, I have access to that. I don't focus on it. I find that my strongest clients are really focusing on the few and really building strong, deep relationships with them through, I basically have a ritual. I have a lunch at a country club every month, and every month the same people are invited, and 
Right? It's a way to reconnect with people over and over so that when, for example, Mercedes came to Atlanta um, or State Farm came to Atlanta or relocated their headquarters here, when that happens, it's, an, it's, it's amazing how many of those referrals I get before they happen. But on the bigger, I think you're not, I'm very micro that way, but on the bigger perspective, the best way you can do is read the paper. Now, I, another thing is I happen to be married to um, a real estate broker with Jones Lang LaSalle, and he actually relocates companies to Atlanta and represents companies all over Atlanta. So I get the in on those relos before they happen. I, frankly, I don't necessarily focus on them, even though I know about them and I've, I, we represent quite a few. My focus isn't there. Um, I don't want to sound ungrateful, but those companies, you, you're going through the RELO, whatever company is, I call it their RELO company. I can't remember who it was for Mercedes, for example, but you're, uh-huh. you're, you're making a fraction of the commission. Now, I don't want to say that and say I don't want to work with them. I love working with them, and I want all of their business. But I, my focus is really on the relationships I have here um, because I feel like I get such a better return for my business doing it that way and with the very easy, simple systems I have set up for generating business that way. Okay. Well. And you may think I should do things differently, so I'd love to hear about that. <laughs> no, but it, no. It's been, it's been huge for me to just really focus on the deep relationships I have now and just make them deeper and stronger because it builds strong loyalty and huge referrals. Yeah. Well, one of the things I always talk about, none of it works all the time for my systems that I teach, but all of it works the majority exactly. of the time. So if it's working for you, Jerry, you know, great. You know, again, you can't fit exactly. a, a round, you know, round, round, round peg into a square peg hole. And so, you know, you can't force necessarily something, you know, that others say works into what you're doing and vice versa. So, but you do need to keep an open mind. And so, a couple things, and I want to wrap up. First off, um, for those of you that are looking to differentiate yourself, do something different than the competition. That's really what the goal of the podcast is, bring value, bring content. But I just want to remind you, we do have the certification out there, which is known as Luxury Listing Special Certification. It's an online platform. You have unlimited access for a year. I've just got off the road for two months being on the road doing a lot of trainings, and I do know that 80% of my message will be lost within 60 to 90 days and that has, or shorter, and that has nothing to do with my message. The reality is most agents and most people don't implement. You go to these seminars, you go to your annual convention, and you forget a lot of things you don't implement. So I put the certification on an online platform so that if you do forget, you can log in and watch the training over and over again because perhaps in six months you have a big appointment and you need a refresher. So just want to make sure I, I reference that. Now, Jerry, uh, before we started uh, the recording, you mentioned to me, and then I'll um, first off, make sure you give everybody your contact information and um, your, give me a 30-second overview on your Elevate 8 course that you're doing, and then, then make sure you leave your contact information um, before we go. So Elevate 8 is basically a course that I wrote. I got into the business. It kind of had to build from the bottom up and learned a lot on the way. So I've created a course to help other agents, whether they're breaking, they're breaking into the next level or they're getting started in the business. It's eight simple steps through 
on how to build that business, and it's on four pillars of success for basically every real estate agent. It focuses not on not just on lead generation, like so many um, of the training programs do, but it's how you generate leads, how you win the business, how you deliver the business, and then how you multiply that business. But Elevate8.net is where we're building the registration page, and by the time this podcast gets released, it will be up. Well, very good. And what's the best way for somebody to um, get in touch with you if they have a question, that sort of thing? The easiest way to find me is to go to my website, which is jerrymetcalfteam.com. That's J-E-R-E. M-E-T-C-A-L-F team.com, or you can always just pick up the phone and call me at 770-337-7122. Awesome. Well, folks, again, another jam-packed podcast. My name is Michael Lofito. Thank you for listening, and make sure you take some notes and, more importantly, implement some of the nuggets that Jerry or myself shared. And, again, go to iTunes or Stitcher if you want to listen to previous podcasts. And if you have any questions or suggestions or you want to nominate somebody uh, that you think would be a great guest, you can shoot me an email at michael at marketingluxurygroup.com. Michael at marketingluxurygroup. And remember, it's not the market, it's the marketing. Talk to you soon.